How's everyone this morning? You okay? Good. Good. Can I, uh, can I talk to you about an occupational hazard for just a minute? Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're into the second week of Advent, and the, and the topic for this morning is peace. Okay? And sometimes you become the worst illustration for the thing you're going to talk about. Um, I got up this morning, I think 6 o'clock, and it was just beautiful, and I'm meditating and, and praying and getting prepared for this and being with the family and all this stuff. I get to church, and everything just blew up. <laughs> so I'm the least peaceful person right now. If I, is, that, is that fair to say? I'm the least peaceful person. So, so um, I, I, it's, it's, it's funny because some, um, some of what we're going to talk about today is exactly what I need this morning. And, and so I hope, I hope I speak into your life a little bit because I'm, I'm in deep need of peace this morning. But... And it's not, and, and listen, uh, it, 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 I'm not pointing at anybody. It just happens. You know, the, the, the church world has, has things that happen. So a number of things happened this morning, and I just wasn't prepared for it. So here I am trying to talk to you about peace when I'm about to blow up inside. Anyway, that's, that's just the reality. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but here we go. Here we go. Last week, we started in on the Advent series, and we said... And we talked about hope last week. Hope was the topic that we, that we talked about last week. And we said whenever hope enters into our lives, every one of us can recognize it. The minute, the minute hope is infused or hope becomes part of a situation or a part of a circumstance or a part of a relationship, we know right away, we can recognize it right away. And that little, little bit of hope, that one step, that one little opening of hope makes a big, big difference in our lives. We know that it can that it can generate and it can motivate and it can it, it, it can enliven a person to a situation that otherwise they would not have found that hope. And we looked through the Bible and we said that God, in every circumstance, every situation, everything that that can happen in our lives, God has spoken through His Word into every facet of our lives an element of hope. That God is a very hopeful God. That God is a God that projects into your life hope. And it's a very important part of what the Bible can communicate to us. And this morning, as we talk about peace, peace is, is, is another one of those components. Peace is another component that we know. We, we, we know that the minute peace comes into our lives, we recognize it right away. We 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 we, we, we in fact, others can even recognize it in our lives, even depending on those circumstances. Have you ever been in those circumstances where, where people would expect you to be in turmoil and, 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 and expect you to sort of be you know, a certain way, and they look at you and they go, how, how, how can you be so peaceful with the circumstances that you're going through? We have all known people who have said, I am at peace about this. I've made a difficult decision or I'm in a difficult area of my life or I'm in a difficult relationship or, or I have a health concern that, that you know, it doesn't take the, the struggle away. It doesn't necessarily take the anxiety away. But there's something, there's something deep inside that's been confirmed and has brought you peace in a way that is beyond your understanding 
is beyond your own strength. And that's the wonder of peace. And one of the things about peace is that it's a byproduct. It's a result. It is a byproduct of something that's, that's come beforehand. That peace is often the place we end up very, you know, in the, in the very beginning. Peace often takes a process. Peace often takes us to a place where we weren't expecting. It's a result. It's, it's, a, it's a state that we get to. And as I've said, we don't often start in that state. We have a process that gets us there. And again, with, 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 with Advent, these are really big topics. So I'm, I, was thinking, I was thinking in the few minutes that we had this morning how we could kind of look at this topic and maybe bring it to bear on, on what the Scripture says overall about this very thing called peace. And I want to look at a passage. I want to begin. In fact, it, this passage is going to be a launching pad out of Isaiah 52, 7. And Isaiah writes this, and you recognize it because Paul uses it in the New Testament as well. He writes, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that God of Israel reigns. Now, contextually, and in, in, in the historical uh, 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 happenings of Isaiah writing this, Israel is, is in, a, in a state of kind of decline, in a, in a state of chaos. Isaiah is speaking into a nation that is really in trouble. Um, for all intensive purposes out on the surface, Isaiah, you know, the nation of Israel uh, appears to be relatively okay and in, in, in the midst of, of what other nations are trying to do to it and, and, and the way it is boxed in and the way that, that at the time period all these different nations are warring against each other, but it's not out of the norm. But Isaiah is seeing all of what is happening in the nation of Israel as something deeper, as, as something uh, more to be concerned about, is that the spiritual health of the nation is not very good. It's an incredible decline. And Isaiah is speaking into the lives of these people and reminding them that you're, the ultimate thing that they need is the salvation and to, re- to remember that God is still with them, that God is alive. And if they trust in God, the, the, the outworkings, the byproducts of trusting in God is this thing that we call salvation and is this thing that we call about peace. And historically, that is the message that Isaiah continues to speak to the people about is that there is a God in heaven who cares about you, who can bring salvation. And when you look around at everything that is happening in the world around you, and when you look at all the circumstances of your life, and you're looking as a nation at all the threats that may be coming to you, if you trust in the Lord, He will give you a peace. He will give you the salvation. He will give you the rest that you're looking for. So, in, in launching out of this passage and, and, and moving into the scripture as a whole, this whole idea of peace um, comes in three dimensions when we talk about it in the Bible. And the first dimension is the one that I want to talk about for a few minutes here, is this peace with God. And if, and, and if you... And if you Ask me, this is the element of peace that in our North American culture is missing the most. It is the peace 
This is the peace that the Bible talks about primarily. This is the peace that governs the other two. If you miss this one, then you're going to struggle with the other two. This is the primary uh, message of peace that is throughout the Bible, is this whole idea about peace with God. That's, that's what this communion table keeps reminding us about. This is something that, that, that we celebrated here, that, that for those of us that have placed faith in Jesus Christ, and, and, and Christmas for us isn't just, isn't just how much am I going to get, right? It's, it, it becomes a whole different type of celebration that we can celebrate this peace that Jesus brought because of that, right? It's a principle of peace that governs all the others. Listen to what Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You know, one of the things that we forget about, and, 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 and I've talked about this a, a number of times, but when we talk about the, the, the fall in Genesis 3 and how sin entered the world, one of the things that, that we forget about is that what happened with that is that everything ended up in conflict. If you read the Bible carefully, it, 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 it shows the contrast between flesh and spirit, heaven and hell, uh, light and dark. There's all these contrasts. There's all these things that are in opposition of each other. And what the fall did is it put everything into conflict. Everything into conflict. And it's, it's a hard thing for us to sort of get our minds around. But that's a theological truth. Even, even, even the conflict between men and women. No matter what it is that you, you want to put in life. But God's perfect creation was such that everyone worked together. Everything worked together. Everything was perfect. Everything was harmonious. Everything uh, was interdependent. But suddenly, because of the fall, everything is brought into conflict. And we forget that sometimes. And what Jesus did was undo that. What the cross is, is the best conflict resolution for all of humanity. That peace with God. We wrestle with peace with God in many ways. You know, every, there are so many times that, that, that people can can struggle with the concept of God because of a situation or circumstance in their own life. And yet, it is the greatest gift that Jesus gave us is, is this redeeming ability to connect with God, to have faith in Jesus so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have reconciliation. Those, those areas of our lives that we struggle with that we can have them back. Communion is a, is a wonderful picture of the peace that we can have with God because of what Jesus did for us. And I've said this is where it all starts. For, for, for each and every one of us, we, we you know, I, I was reading, uh, I read a lot of articles this, this week, um, Huffington Post, um, Heads, um, all kinds of stuff, looking specifically at the subject of peace. And I was, it was, I was really amazed at the number of different, you know, theories and philosophies about how we, how we're going to get peace. And I thought to myself, you know, historically, 
have not all these things been a part of other generations who have said, we need this peace, we need to to do this, we need to think about the poor, we need to reconcile to this, we, we, we need to do it differently, we need to not be so militant, we need to accept others, we need to do all this kind of stuff. And yet missing in all of those elements is this, is this internal, peaceful reconciliation with God who is the reconciler of all things. Who brings that, who, who, you know, and, and I'm so convinced of this, that, that without peace with God, you're not going to have peace in any other area of your life. You're not going to be able to settle that, first and foremost. And Paul recognizes this out of this passage in Romans, that we have peace with God. That is the starting point. That is what governs all of this whole topic of peace. And yet, isn't it striking, isn't it striking that there are, that, that for some of you right now, you're thinking, are you kidding? Religion has been one of the most, right? Religion over the years has been a, 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 something that's generated conflict, has generated hatred, has generated the very things that, that we're talking about that, that shouldn't have. Right? But peace with God, first and foremost. Here's the second one, peace with others. Peace with others. If, 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 you, if you want a verse that, that, that'll uh, make you feel better, I think, anyway, Romans 12, 18, do your part to live in peace with everyone. Okay? As much as it is possible. I love that last line. <laughs> as much as it is possible. You know, that's, that's, I don't want to say that's the out part of the verse or anything like that. But peace with others. All right? It's, it's amazing to me. Um, do your part to live in peace. We are called as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, to be people of peace. Right? I honestly believe, I honestly believe that God who knows us, God who knows our fallenness, God who knows our sin, God who knows um, what, what, what we can be like, that, that when we stand before God and, 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 and God, you know, if he was to ask, did you leave, live in peace with others? And if you, you know, as much as it was possible for me, right? I think, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a great answer to a question that you might have about yourself. Uh, can, can you stand back and say, with every relationship, I did my very best to live at peace with them. And if I can walk away from a relationship, I said, I did my very best. I, I did what, 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 what my part of it was, was to do. I think this is what this passage is talking about. That you, first and foremost, are a person of peace a person of reconciliation, a person who wants to bring relationships together, not increase the conflict, but bring them together. Peace with others, you know? Um, I was going to get off on a whole family tangent when it came to peace with others, but we'll leave that one alone, to be honest. <laughs> because because we, we all know, we all know, we've been in those situations where the least peaceful the least peaceful part of your life is getting together as a family. Right? The conflict that ensues. But God, 
But, but in this beautiful passage, God is talking about, at the very least, be people of reconciliation. Be, because we are agents, the Bible says, of reconciliation. We're agents of peace. I often wonder, I often wonder if, 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 if the world outside the church sees us as agents of peace. Right? Here's the third one. Peace with yourself. I was very interested when Jennifer prayed for the cup. She, she actually mentioned peace with ourselves. I was really intrigued with that. I thought that was beautiful. Listen to what Isaiah 26.3. You will keep, Lord, the Lord will keep in perfect peace all, of the, all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. You know, it, 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 it reminds me of the old adage, you don't get stomach ulcers from what you eat, you get them from what is eating you. Okay? And um, to live in peace, I'm very, very surprised that this is probably one of the most difficult things for most people to resolve in their own heart and their own mind is this peace, this inner peace within themselves. That, that a faith in God, a faith in Jesus Christ, should result in an internal peace about who you are in him. An internal peace about who has God made you to be. An internal peace that, that is deep within your own soul. But so many of us are, are, are in, in turmoil inside because we don't even know who we are. Many of us struggle with what, you know, what our value is. So many of us struggle with a sense of, of a, I don't want to say a sense of importance, but, but an intrinsic value of who we are made in God. It's, it's, it's striking to me that that. that you know, in the years that, that I've, I've had the privilege to be invited in, intimately into people's lives, just how much people struggle with this. An inner peace themselves. And let me tell you if, you, if you struggle with an inner peace about yourself, you will always struggle with your relationship with God. That's something you need to know right up front. For everything that happens inside of you, and all the struggle that you have inside of you, if you don't reconcile that with God, if you don't offer that up in prayer to God, if you don't re- resolve that in your own heart and mind to God, you will have a problem. You'll have a struggle with your relationship with God. Because often that's the way that we generate our relationship with God and our faith with God. We don't go top down. We go bottom up. That's why so many of us resonate with the Psalms. The Psalms is the number one book that people say, I can relate to. And it's the one book in the Bible, like when you talk about the way it's been structured, is that it starts with the human and goes up, as opposed to everything else that's, that's kind of, you know, revelation down. But all of us can, 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 can relate when the psalmist can, you know, begins writing and says, God, where were you? God, I need you. God, I'm struggling with this. God, I have to hear from you about this. But for so many of us, 
Inner peace is that kind of illusion, that kind of, kind of thing that, that, that we, we struggle with. You know, we can make outside decisions that have peace about ourselves, but how many of us struggle about who we really are? That you'd love to be somebody else, or you wish God had given you this as opposed to that. Or you wish God had done this in your life as opposed to that. Or you wish this had never happened to you versus that. And you look somewhere else and you go, why, did they, why, you know, why for them and not for me? And I'm struck because the reality is that for most of us, personal peace is the component that's the hardest. We can deal with the externals. We can, you know, we, we can sort of look good on, on the outside with that, but that internal thing. And often that internal thing is what helps us with our relationship with God. If you ask everyone, where is, you, where is it that you struggle with your faith? I would almost guarantee it's related in some way about, about a misconception or a hurt individually that they struggle with God. You know, you hear all the time about people who struggle with God as a father figure. Because they didn't have the kind of father figure in their lives that helps them to relate that to God. So peace. Wow. It's, it, it's something that eludes us. And yet how many of us, when we, when we feel it, when we attain it, when, when we come to this place and, and, and we know we've achieved it, or we have felt the presence of God in our lives, that that peace comes in. Because, you know, to be honest with you, I think that's exactly the, one of the best definitions of peace, is that peace is the presence of God. Despite everything else. That that's what Jesus said. He, the person of God, the presence of God in the nation of Israel. And they had missed the presence of God. That here is Jesus, God in flesh, walking among them. And they were so, so interested in all the external things and the laws and, and the stuff about what, what they needed to ritualistically do right and all this stuff. But here is God in flesh walking among them. The very presence of God. And they missed it. And sometimes we do the same. That this whole presence of God is where real peace comes from. It's such that it invades our lives in such a way that the reality of God and the reality of his promises weigh heavier than the circumstances of our life. That the weight and the presence of God is something that, that outweighs the circumstances around it. And we all know when we get there, don't we? We've all heard people say, I have peace about this. I have perfect peace about this. And you look at the externals and you look at the outside of it and you go, how could you possibly be at peace about this? Right? I love this, I love this line out of Philippians and I know we did a 10-part Philippian series, but I've got to repeat it again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, 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 you will experience peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And I love this part. 
His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That peace will guard our hearts and our minds. And that's just a merism in, in language to say every part of your existence is going to be covered by this peace of God. And we've all experienced it. Right? Now, I had one of those... Um, I had one of those uh, teacher moments in, in class this week as we, as we close out. Um, I, was in, I was in class, and, and somehow we got on the topic, topic of anechoic chambers. You know what an anechoic chamber is? Um, you know, when I used to test loudspeakers, um, um, an anechoic chamber is this room that's, that's perfectly dead, dead sound. Okay, You've probably seen them with, with you know, the funny kind of egg carton shapes. And we used to test uh, electronic equipment in there because there was no room reflection, right? You didn't get any echo, so you could measure something very quietly. Like you, and now I was, somehow we got on the topic in class, and the students were asking me, and we were talking about being in a corner chair, and they said, wow, that must be a neat room. And I said, it's actually a very scary room. If you've ever been in an anechoic chamber, and, you know, one that's really um, done in a very dead sound kind of, uh, you know, flat rate. The loudest thing in the room is your heartbeat. That is the sound of silence. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you can hear the blood flowing in your body and everything. Um, I was really surprised. I was explaining to the students that, you know, you, you, know, you hiccup and it's extremely loud. Like... It's, you know, like you, you, can, you can hear the blood flowing in your veins. It's a, that kind of a room. I was surprised at how many of the students just were really creeped out by that. They would hate to be in that place of absolute silence, absolute peace. It was such an uncomfortable thought for them to be, to hear your heartbeat and everything as your body functioned in this room. And I thought, wow, why, why is peace so scary? Why is it as a, as, a, as a humanity, peace is this one part of our lives that just seems so hard to attain, so hard to get to, whether it's peace with ourselves, peace with others, peace with God? And I thought, wow, isn't it amazing that Jesus himself talked about the peace he could give if we had faith in him. And I often wonder how much does peace really scare us? Because it brings us to a place of being face to face with God in a very real way. And takes out all the stuff around us in life. And I often wonder if Christmas hasn't been a place, a time where we've just gotten so busy to put all this stuff around us in life. And the reason why we drifted away from, from God and Jesus and the manger is that because we're more comfortable with the noise than we become with the sound of our own heartbeat. And God wants to hear our heartbeat because that's what Jesus came to redeem us from. As I pray, um, I, I, by the way, thank you because I just... I'm a lot more peaceful now. I really, 
I really appreciate it. I've had to work through this myself this morning. So I hope, I hope you're more peaceful this morning because of it. It's just been a real therapeutic exercise for me this morning to have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray, and when, we're, when I'm done praying, I'd like to invite some people up here. We have some people coming into membership this morning, and we want to celebrate them and uh, invite Ernest to come up and pray for them as well. But let me pray and uh, just bless you this morning as we talk about peace. Father in heaven, thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. This divine and, and, and amazing gift that you give us, that in spite of the circumstances of life, that peace can be ours. And yet, Lord, uh, I, I wonder if we truly avail ourselves of it, if we truly grasp what it means to live in peace. And we understand, Lord, that this connection that we have with you, this, this, this faith that can, we can have in you, governs the reality of our peace, the reality of how it lives out in our lives. That Jesus even said, blessed are the peacemakers. And Lord, this morning I, I pray that, that for someone here, who maybe does not know you, that you would give them the peace that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, if there are some here this morning who are struggling with a decision, a relationship, that, Lord, that you would give them peace, that as they offer that up to you in prayer, that you would certainly guard their hearts and their minds this morning. And Lord, we pray that as we enter into a second week of Advent, that this theme of peace would resonate in our hearts throughout the week as we take time to reflect on the one who gave it all so that we can have peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.